On today's episode of Progression, I sit down with artist Baby Rose in Atlanta. We talk about the importance of surrendering and trusting oneself, how her faith and spirituality ground her, and the whirlwind year she's experienced after the release of her debut album, To Myself. It's 3 a.m. and I'm alone in this apartment Thinking about my dearly departed heart You built me up and brought me down now I feel like when I listened to your music, I felt purity, um, talking about To Myself, your debut album. I could just feel how pure it was, and you're very vulnerable. How do you see yourself with putting that music out? Yeah, that's absolutely a goal for me. And what I want to do with my artistry, just remain as authentic and untainted by any type of whatever standard or what anybody else has going on for their career. I don't want that to change what I do because the album itself is definitely a reference point in my life that I can look back at. Like, okay, I was here before and these are the lessons that I've learned. This is what I went through. And so I really did do it for myself. Like, all of the music is music that I love, and it has elements in the production and arrangement, writing. It just shows who I am without saying anything. And so, yeah, that's that's an ultimate compliment to achieve. Like, oh, this is like you, your pure energy that I feel through this album. When you say, like, you always want to maintain that authenticity, where do you learn that from? I feel as though that authenticity comes from a confidence in who I am as I'm growing because I have to learn to love myself even though I make dumbass mistakes (laughs) and I don't necessarily care for myself in the way that I should sometimes and care for others more than I do myself. And I have to learn to forgive myself for mistakes that I make and believe in myself in spite of actions that contradict that. So that is that purity, that's that authenticity that I speak of. It's the never-ending journey of self-discovery and self-love and awareness in spite of our faults because we're always going to let ourselves down sometimes, you know? That's true. We're not perfect. I'm a perfectionist, so I'm learning to just, like, be easy on myself, you know? We're all doing our best, and that's life. (laughs) Well, one of my favorite songs, of course, the entire album's amazing, but Pressure... I just felt like you were talking to me, Uh, especially the line, pressure keeps holding me back, that's in the chorus. And then specifically, um, one of the verses, I can't let them see who's inside of me, my own enemy. So what I like about this album is obviously you're you're talking about the relationship, the breakup, but you're also dealing with the battle between yourself, what's going on inside of you, 
you're facing your own demons, right? About making decisions, taking leaps. So if you could talk about the song in particular, the process. Right. Pressure is a definite existential song where I kind of just take away the blame from my ex-partner and I look at myself. Why would I give him so much responsibility and so much power over why I feel like this, my emotions. And so then I had to look at all of the things in my past and where I am presently, and I kind of realized that it wasn't him. It was what I was allowing this to do. It was the pressure of everything around me that I placed on myself. And then you look at, like, my IG or, like, Twitter. Sometimes I go on pretty wild Twitter ramps, but my IG, and it's like, oh, I'm smiling, and no one would know. I always say this sometimes when I'm apologizing to people closest to me, that they sometimes get the worst of me because they see what the hell I'm going through. Like, all of the anxiety and the pressure I put on myself can make me really unlikable at times. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I just shut down. Not because of anybody else, not because of anything else, but that's kind of just been the mechanism that I've gotten used to. And I'm trying to break out of that cycle and learn how to be more open and find better ways of dealing with anxiety and or depression at times, fill in highs and lows, extremes and shit like that. Because that's no way to, like, progress You know, I look at balance as a major key of self-fulfillment and and success. Having a balance, having regimens, having, like, routines to keep me the best that I can be because I cannot give anybody anything, any love, any progress, anything but procrastination and just angst and shit like that, unless I care for myself and I really establish that within myself. So that's pressure. Like, that's where I finally have that moment of clarity. Like, wow, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's not everything around me. Maybe I need to look at what I've got going on inside of me so that I can stop projecting all of this energy on everybody else and thinking that everyone's out to get me because I am my worst enemy at times. Totally, yeah. At least for me, sometimes it's like I avoid the feeling that I'm feeling inside, so I'll try to like seek external validation or like try to fix other people or like get answers from them. And it's like all comes like right here though, you know, it's like within you. So I totally relate. And you said um, you're used to this mechanism of what I feel like is isolation maybe. Tell me about Young Rose. There's stages to Young Rose. When I was a little, little young girl, I myself was the oldest of two brothers. My cousin Andre, I consider my brother because he lived with us and went to school with us. And my mom raised him and my brother Xavier. And so I was kind of a bully which is crazy to admit this, but I was very, like, Angelica from Rugrats. And so middle school came around, and we moved to North Carolina randomly. Our whole family, we were the only ones. We were all we had because there was no external family in Fayetteville. Like, middle school came around, and I was a new girl, and we didn't have any family there. And so 
I don't know why, Lord, but because I was different, like I was coming from D.C., I was coming from elementary directly into middle school, and I had no concept of what middle school was. So I'm used to like recess and one teacher and shit like that. Jesus. And then we go to middle school and it's just like, you know, a whole different concept. You go to different hubs and teachers and it also was like a culture shock because I didn't really witness like kids cursing and like child pregnancies and stuff like that. But this is like, you know, 11 to 14 and sometimes it happens. You never know what the hell is going on. But all of this was like a big culture shock. So I was really quiet. And when I would talk, my voice was really low. And my mom worked three jobs and was a single mom. So I didn't have the best clothes. Like, you know, we shopped at thrift stores and stuff like that. But I didn't think about it. I wasn't ashamed or anything because it was just like, I'm still in a childhood mind state where I'm okay with that. It made me grow up really fast and realize where I was in the tier of like cool kids and shit. And it was hard. It was a hard adjustment for real. High school, it got a lot better because I did the talent show and everyone was like, oh, little Alicia Keys, like, whatever. Like, I was like, I'm fine with this. Like, (laughs) I'm fine with anything as long as I'm not, like, going through the hell that was middle school. Right. And you said in middle school, like, you mentioned your voice. And that's one of the most distinct things that people call out in your music. So... How does it feel to be recognized for how unique it is and then kind of just owning up to the fact that this is who I am, this is how I speak, this is how I sing? How has that been like for you? It's been amazing because I've owned it. And I owe that to people before me that had extremely unique voices and were were very um, successful in their careers and their lives. Women and men before me that paved that way because I understand the power that I have in my vocals. And before I even started singing, I was a writer. So that always came first for me. So I get to get out what I really want to say. And I have a vehicle to do that because people who are just intrigued over the vocals are now, you know, after the third, fourth time, they're listening to what the fuck I'm actually saying. I'm the same way. Like I listen to the overall picture the sonic value at first and then I start to dissect like oh my god this has layers like Amy was really good for that Amy Winehouse such an amazing writer Um, overall she's an amazing voice and producer and everything like that but I think underrated what what people last kind of mentioned is like the songwriting that she would write is, is just incredible It's amazing. It's very poetic. You said you're a writer first and foremost. Has your writing process changed or? It's definitely changed. When I started um, writing or going as just a songwriter, I would write first before I went in the booth and then try to like mimic my voice to different artists. I was usually writing with men in mind. But as soon as I started really embracing my voice and what cadences or things that I could go for, I just started like going in the booth first and scratching things. And then from that emotion, usually words would come out, but 
it was really the way I sang it that made it really impactful. And so I started just letting that happen first mm-hmm. and be really raw with it. And you said when you first embraced your voice, would you say it was when you won that talent show? Absolutely. It was like a moment where publicly I was going to embrace everything <laughs> because privately I had been making songs and singing in my foyer since I was nine, since I got that piano from my uncle. And that was just what I had to do for me um, to bring me solace and peace. So when I realized that peers around me would actually fuck with what I'm doing to heal myself, it was definitely a moment like, okay, this is all, this is who I am. This is what I've got to do. Someone you said that's played a key role in your life, obviously, in your career has been your mom. Tell me about your relationship with your mom. My mom is the strongest person I know. She absolutely is. She um, sacrificed a lot and took me to my first studio sessions when I was a little girl, like 13. And this was advice from her then boyfriend or whatever, who I owe a lot to as well, even though he wasn't really like the best person for my mom because I peeped a lot of shit. But he was my manager at that time and he really encouraged her like, oh, she needs to go to a studio and and perform and all of that kind of stuff. And I appreciate him for that aspect. But um, my mom worked overnight, went to school online and all of these things like to raise me, my brother, my cousin, Andre, who was her nephew on my dad's side after the divorce, which she's just a big heart, like overall. And um, my great aunt Emma, like sacrificed a lot to make sure that she was taken care of, who is, she's like my grandma in my mind. I love her so much to this day. She holds a lot of things in place in my career because it's definitely a beautiful thing when you have somebody that you know will be there if things are well and things aren't. Like, you'll all, I'll always have my mom here. And so for her to be a part of my life and so essential and also just give me the space to grow as a woman and not be intruding because I see a lot of that happen or at least I've heard of that happening with like um, moms involved in careers and shit like that but it's definitely not that my mom is just like an advisory helps me not run into like guardrails and shit like that as I'm on my journey these values your your mom and your great aunt provided are carrying you through how do you stay grounded and how do you stay like true to yourself I have to take time for myself when I feel overwhelmed, because it can become a lot. I'll say that. And so sometimes I just kind of just shut off my phone, shut off everything for like a day or something and just stay in my hole or go outside and like climb Stone Mountain or something like that and just come back to my, like, what do I want at the end of the day? Because I've been in positions where I've tried to please a lot of people around me. And then when I've realized, like, wait a minute, this doesn't even fit who I am. And I have to dip. Like, I'm going to head out. 
that's the worst, and I don't want to do that anymore. I would rather just, like, reflect, like, listen, I'm going to get back with y'all. Let me think about this for a day and figure out what it is that I have, you know, concerns about and then come back with that. And so then it's not a thing of, well, I just feel like... I don't know, and da, da, da. there are specific things that we can have a conversation about that, you know, will make me feel more comfortable or make sure that it aligns with who I feel I am. As far as personal-wise, like, it can be a lot juggling who I am personally versus who I want to be in my career and the heights that I want to reach because... I have aspirations that I want to reach, hopefully, before I pass away. Like, gyms that I want to leave on this earth that I want to be recognized for. Not only for me, but for, like, women before me that aren't mentioned in, like, the greats because they didn't have a chance. Or women that were greats but didn't own their masters, so it was just kind of like you kind of didn't have any money to show for it or to leave and... I want to do this the right way, so having a personal life, I have to, like, tread a thin track. And I have trust issues because my ex deleted all my music when he left. I want to be able to just make sure whoever I involve in my personal space in that orbit around me, because my music is definitely imitating my art, it all comes through. And it's all a real reflection of where I am presently. That they're not having any ulterior motives or, like, agendas to, like, try to slow me down or stop me from what I really want for myself. Especially at this point when I've realized, like, I am the real provider of my happiness, not anyone else. I'm just trying to find that balance. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened. He deleted your files. That's nuts. Wow. It feels like karma, though, because this year has been a whirlwind for you. So how are you looking at that relationship now? Are you still healing from it? What's kind of the process now that this work has been out that, it you know, came from that experience? I look at the relationship as like a lesson that I will always remember that, you know, I am going to have to do this, not depend on anyone else to provide for me. I have to make this work for myself. And so I can reference that in retrospect. You know, I watched somebody build from the ground up their career and was supporting them the whole way. And he watched me build my career from the ground up. But at the end of the day, you know, I could have done some things that would have, like, completely fucked up his whole business <laughs> or businesses that he owns now. But I, I've never had that thought. And he really did. And I don't know why. I don't know how. But I'm going to have to just move smarter. When you have a dream, you have to protect it at all costs. And that doesn't mean, you know, move like, oh, everyone's out to get me. No, that's not that. Like, I still have faith and hope in the world and, like, love for everyone. I still love wholeheartedly. I'm not going to become jaded from that, but I am not going to keep every password the same. 
and like do dumb shit. I'm still gonna protect my craft and like save my work on different hard drives and move with the team that moves with me with with things going on and without things going on like that are willing to work and build and grow and believe in a vision even when other people are like trying to cut my worth in half like okay doesn't matter we'll keep going that's what matters to me most at this point in my life I have to really base my actions off of that and move intentionally. Yeah, these are valuable reminders for, I think, all of us. And you touched on faith. What have been your foundations in faith, either growing up? Like, did you grow up in a spiritual home? So I grew up in a Baptist household, and we would go to church probably every Sunday, sometimes every other Sunday. It was my cousin, Eddie, who I called my uncle because he was a lot older, but my cousin Eddie's church in Maryland, and it was really small, and my great-aunt Emma, she went there, and so we would go with her, and my Aunt Emma is like an angel, like she was so sweet, just unreal vibes that came from my Aunt Emma, rest her soul, and she taught me a lot about like, God loves you and so do I, like, You always have to love, even when people aren't giving love. Like, it doesn't matter. That's what God wants. And you reap that. You know, you don't internalize anything when people hurt you because you understand the flaw of man, like, that people are going to do that because they have their own internal issues. And so she never took anything personally. And she would always do, like, right by people and just smile and be positive. But she also married a guy and divorced him, like, in a week or some shit. Like, she was like, I'm going to preserve my energy. She was very on that. And so she sang in a choir in New York, and that was, like, one of the highlights of her life. And she lived until she was 98. But she would always talk about being an usher and a choir member and like ushering in the president at the time and things of that nature and that was like she loved that and so she would always sing gospel hymns around the house and and so spirituality has always been like a foundation for me but as far as when I really found my own stake in spirituality that came like when I was like 18 or something where I had a breakthrough like at My first A3C, actually, which is ironic, because I remember seeing friends around me. It wasn't like an A3C official event. This was like a side event or whatever, but it was my first show. And I was one of like 50 niggas there to perform. But I was actually singing and everyone was rapping. But seeing like friends of mine having to like drink and take shots and my mom came out and my brother was there like I did the show but I felt really weird like inside and so my mom was just being positive and I remember that night went to hell like it was just really weird after like we lost the phone we couldn't find my brother and I just felt so alone and isolated in Atlanta, and, like, damn, am I really cut out for this? Like, I don't—this doesn't feel like how I want it to feel. And so the next day I went to church, and it was some scripture, 
in James, it was like, lean not on your own understanding, like trust God and always. And the message that the pastor at the time was saying was basically like, God isn't there to relieve pressure off of your life but just there to help clarify, like, you're going to be intensely clear under pressure. And so I think when I was a kid growing up, I always felt like God was like this Santa Claus type entity. Like, if you do right, you get blessed. But if you do wrong, you get you're going to hell, like type shit. So I was like, wow, this is really unfair in my mind, like in my subconscious mind. I'm like, who would subscribe to this belief? Like, but when I realized like, oh, spirituality is something to save you under pressure. Like whether you call that God or the universe or whatever, like it's your soul. It's what's underneath all of this flesh. And when you look internally and really just have faith in the idea that all things are working in your favor, then you can smile even while shit is falling apart because you realize it's just a transition and, like, these are just tests to build you up for the next phase. Like, when that happened, it was, like, the day after, and I swear, like, I had a whole breakthrough moment, and for a year... I was just, like, on this huge spiritual path, like, reading the Bible, reading um, spiritual books and things of that nature, and just really invested into that. And my brother, like, totaled my car during that period, and I was just like, it's okay, like, all things are moving in the universe. All things are conspiring. Like, I was on a high, a natural high, And I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, nothing. It was just like the purest form. Again, that was a very big extreme for me because when I broke that, it was like, oh God, like I don't even feel the same anymore. But I don't think that was something to be sustained at like 18, 19, 20. Like I'm surrounded by everything. And so I had to learn how to find a balance, and I'm still in that process of, like, remembering that aspect of spirituality, like, at the heart of it. You can always clock into that. And then at the same time, being realistic and in reality and understanding that I'm I'm also on the trajectory of being a forward-facing artist that has to, like be out here you know and I'm going to be surrounded by things but it's about really finding a balance between that that's so well said like something I'm learning is like I'm not in control and you know when you're just trying to make something work so bad and then maybe it's you run into disappointment or it's not going to go the way that it's supposed to like I used to get so upset about that and lately I'm just trying to like surrender to whatever is meant to be it's that's the path that God puts me on. Um, and I think when we were talking this this past weekend, like you talked about surrender um, and the importance of that in your life, especially now, especially as you are climbing these new heights. So share your thoughts on that concept of like surrendering to either whatever is or kind of in connection with your faith. Like everything you just shared was so beautiful and I totally relate. So 
At this point in my life, there are so many things that have led me to where I am that were out of my control. Like my mom being here when she was in the hospital and had stage 3C cancer and having that surgery that went well and she's still here and has been cancer free for like three years. Um, and all of the fortunate events that have led me to have the band I have and the people in my life around me that help me make this music that I make and the team I have, like all out of my control. So every moment that I'm in doubt and every morning I surrender and sacrifice the will that I want, what I want for my life, for what God ultimately wants for my life. Because that's the ultimate vision. When I was created, when I was conceived, why I'm here, there are certain things that are like breadcrumbs, and those are the things that I want to be following. The natural progression that feels right in my spirit, that feels right in my gut, that's what I want to be led by. And so even before I get on stage, we pray every time. And my mom established that in me, but even when she's not there, like, we pray that we're not doing this for anybody else in the audience. Like, we're doing this for God, period, because all of the events that have led us to this moment have been because of God. And so it's just a thank, like, a big thank you, a big gratitude, like, just expressing gratitude, like, and how grateful I am that I'm not, still struggling and like in a one bedroom apartment with my mom and my brother and we're still trying to figure shit out and my mom has cancer low key and we don't know what's wrong and all of those things that I've been through like just struggle that no one would know God has gotten me through and even when my boyfriend when that ended like he was my main support financially or whatever because I was invested into his business. And, and so when that ended, it was just like, I had mapped out in my mind, like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to move out of my apartment by May, you know. And to this day, I've still been there and, like, able to pay rent and bills and all of that stuff off of my gift and off of this dream of mine. And my roommate, who has held it down as my whole confidant, Chattel is my day-to-day because I had a moment where I was like, wow, like all of these people around me that I see that are successful have people that they really trust as their day-to-day manager and just, you know, from J. Cole to Rihanna and so on and so forth. So it's just incredible. Like I just follow God in all steps and I surrender what I may want for what God ultimately wants. And that's worked for me thus far. Even in the lowest points, I don't get discouraged because I just have a faith, like a a serious amount of faith in God. I was thinking of this phrase I've heard recently is um, like rejection is God's protection because rejection can sting. It, It could cause you to lapse into thinking like, what did I do wrong? Or like, why did that person fuck me over? Like yada, yada, yada. When we think we know what's best for us can't get attached to that you know because anything can happen and I'm I'm also learning like 
if I'm rejected or something doesn't go my way, that's that just wasn't intended for me. And same with fear. Like, what's your concept of fear? Fear has just been an underlying element in my life. It's like a shadow that follows me around. Every time I step into the light, it's right there looming behind me. Every time I get paid, I'm like, damn, how long is this going to last, though? Like, I'm afraid of being broke again. I'm afraid that I won't have enough. Every time I get an opportunity, like, how can I live up to this? What if I'm not who they think I am? Like, how am I going to do this? Like, it's just those negative-ass thoughts that aren't even relevant yet. But it makes me procrastinate. It makes me hide. It makes me, like, complacent. Instead of active and just progressive, like, okay. And I'm trying to work on that. I think I'm doing better at that, actually, in the present day. But, like, I'm dating someone now, and I'm just so fearful <laughs> that it's going to go wrong, and it makes me act crazy. It makes me act literally insane sometimes, which is so bad to admit, but... He's very patient, and I'm very appreciative of that and understanding of where this is stemming from. Fear is just always going to be there. It's just whether or not I'm going to subscribe to it. And I think that it's a moment-by-moment thing. Like, if I was to tackle everything head-on, I would be definitely, like, overwhelmed. I can't do this right now. But if I take it in pieces as it arises, it's just like, well, why do I feel like this? And then keep questioning it until it just seems dumb. And then it floats away. But that's like an internal thing that I have to do really quickly before an action arises. Because I am very, I'm not passive aggressive most of the time. I'm very like, I feel like this. And this is why. And it's like, okay. Right, right. But sometimes those instincts that you think are real are often like motivated by fear. I don't know if you've experienced that, like where your fear can sometimes convince you like you see it a certain way, but it's not because you're like, wait a minute, this is not even real. Like, what am I reacting towards? You know, like you said, it is like a shadow. It's always going to be there, um, yeah. but it's how you handle it. Exactly. I hate when I make actions based off of fear, which is why I like to take my time in making a decision. Because if I make an impulsive decision, it's never, it's never really a good thing unless I'm creating, like, it can be brilliant. Right. But in life, it's not really the wave. I'm either doing it when I'm too happy or too upset. Those things, like, are hard to take back. When I hurt somebody like I've been hurt, it's just like, well, what is the point? Now we just have all of this mess looming. And I still love you, though. But it's just like picking up shards of glass and trying to put it back together. And it's just like, it's not going to be the same. And I know how that feels. So why do I, why would I want to do that to someone else? Right. You know? Yeah. Well, you're clearly in like a new state of mind. You're you've gotten a lot of different experiences. You've been on tour with Ari, with Snow. Are you working on new material? And if so, what place are you writing from now? I'm working on material now and I am definitely just writing from a place of like where I am, which is just I guess all of the things that we're talking about now, just like now that I've kind of had a real 
space to really think about all of the things and that things are like progressing and shit. There comes two things. It's like fear and excitement and like, oh God, like, wow, this is actually happening. And then on the personal side, like I'm very low key and very grounded and very much like to just be relaxed and booed up like it's that time it's the winter time now so it's just like you know writing from a place of love and like surrendering and and also the sonic value has like gotten so much better because I'm primarily recording at Revival which was Earth, Wind & Fire's old studio but most of the new songs are from there and so they sound hella richer and so I'm just like happy I always want to like kind of I don't want to stick to a formula like once that's done all right scrap it let's go to the next let's get better hopefully people will appreciate that in me some people might be pissed off but whatever I'm new we knew like <laughs> fuck that shit like we go, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do right so it's gonna be fun yeah because you don't know what your sound's gonna be like five years from now right? at all at all and I want to be writing music for a long time whether it's for me or whether it's for someone else I can't imagine my life without it so it's just like I don't want to retire anytime soon if anything it's just like I want to just keep at my own pace because I'm gonna con I'm gonna always write I have like a studio in my apartment in my room so I'm always writing and currently learning bass and guitar and getting formal lessons and piano and stuff like that. So I just wanted to reflect where I am and be the most, I guess, filled emotionally, like the most concentrated emotions that even when I look back and listen, I still feel like, oh, wow, how that felt. Thank you so much. It's been so enriching to hear you reflect and share obviously how much spirituality has been important to you and like you're in a new arena you're gonna keep growing um so it's really incredible to hear that and i like to end every episode on gratitude what are you grateful for i'm grateful for all of the progress that i've made and for this album that i put out to myself all of the opportunities that have happened and that are to come and for my team my management, Mitch and KJ and Chattel, and my squad, Human Resources, and all of my friends in my band, and my friends who help me aesthetically. I'm grateful for my mom and my brother for being like the real ones holding it down since forever, my family, and just for God having so much favor in my life. And I'm grateful for this podcast because it's really allowed me to, like, reflect and remember all of these things. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rose. Thank you, too, Jane. Appreciate you. Of course. You can find her music across all platforms, and you can follow her on Instagram at babyrosemusic. Thanks for listening, and take care. <laughs>